Right on, Jeremy. Go Cats. War Eagle, War Eagle. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Did you say Jeremy? Right on. Yes, Jeremy. What is Jeremy a reference to? (laughs) I guess that's what I say automatically. Hello, everyone, to another episode of Smart Dribble. This is Kurt Schneider. Uh, This is John Ellenthal. I have no idea why you would say Jeremy automatically. I don't think I've ever actually heard you utter Jeremy before. But the other stuff I recognize, like War Eagles and Rocky Top, makes me think of college. It makes me think of college football, but it makes me think of college nicknames, Kurt. Well, that's the episode today, John. We're going to talk about college mascots, nicknames. Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes they're bizarre. Sometimes they make sense. Many times they don't. I will tell you, Fight on Jeremy came from, I did a tour of USC with my son when he was looking at colleges. And if you walk across the campus of USC, not USC, South Carolina, but USC, Southern California, and you walk across campus and As you walk by everyone, people put their fingers out and say, fight on. And our tour guide's name was Jeremy. So everyone that he saw kept saying, fight on, Jeremy. Fight on, Jeremy. I said to my son, you're not going here. You're not going here. Makes me feel a little bit better about the whole Jeremy reference. Well, the good news is there. we're going to talk about strange college nicknames, I hope, because I think discussing the Tigers and the Cardinals isn't going to be that interesting. Except... When you think about, A, why are there so many schools named Tigers when there's no Tigers found in America? And a lot of them are in the Southeast, and a bunch of them are in the Southeast Conference for football. Well, I think they certainly sound ferocious, and maybe that's what they were going for. But you're right. You have the Auburn Tigers. No, you don't. You have the Auburn War Eagles. No, you have the Auburn Tigers. Which one is it, John? They're both. How it's do you have a Tigers. tiger and a war eagle? It's the Tigers. Okay, but they say war eagle and they chant nonstop, war eagle, war eagle. If you walk across campus in Auburn, you don't say fight on Jeremy. You say war eagle, war eagle. Well, I don't know that you do or you don't because I haven't been to Auburn in Alabama. But there is a reason that they have both tigers and war eagles kurt do you know that reason i think it probably has something to do with the civil war for the tigers and a war eagle was a good omen when they beat alabama one year is my guess look it's easy to get confused because sometimes they do refer to the war eagles but they only have one mascot and that is indeed the tiger in fact the tigers the mascot's name is aubie whereas the war eagle is their battle cry which is why they're yelling it out during college football battles. It is a little confusing. All of their sports. My guess is they picked the Tiger because they're in the same state as the University of Alabama. And Alabama had the elephant. So they're like, what takes down an elephant? Maybe a tiger? I don't know. And by the way, has there ever been an elephant in Alabama? Well, hang on. I don't know about that, but it's not the only school that relies on the elephant. For a mascot, if you shoot up to the Northeast, just outside of Boston, home of Tufts University, I think it's in Medford, Massachusetts, they are the Tufts Jumbos. And they have a giant. Okay, but they have a giant elephant on campus. Who was that elephant, Kurt? It was the elephant that was in P.T. Barnum's circus, and he donated it to Tufts University. So that makes sense. Does it have to make sense, Kurt? Well, Alabama 
has a mascot in the elephant, but their nickname is the Crimson Tide. I don't get it. So I used to think that the greatest different kind of college mascot, which I think everybody pretty much knows this year because the Texas Christian University football team has done so well, but the horn frogs, I don't believe there are that many horn frogs out there, not to be confused with hook'em horns. When they're yelling hook'em horns in Texas, it ain't over the horn frogs, but I have a new number one favorite because it has to be out there. It has to be different and it has to be not that well known. The granddaddy of them all for me is all the way out west at UC Santa Cruz. Their sports teams are called the Banana Slugs. You know the guy who came up with it. We do know a guy named Larry Rowan who was right smack in the middle of the birth of the Banana Slugs. But not only is the name unique, the UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs, but the story about how they got there is also unique. First of all, these are Division Three teams, which is one of the reasons it's not all that well known. But back in the early 1970s, they started to compete in club sports and the university didn't have a mascot. So a couple of guys on the volleyball team said, hey, we're competing now. We need a nickname. And they came up with banana slugs. However, they graduated two years later in the early 70s. And that was the end of the mascot. And some I think the soccer team revived it in 1974. But the athletic director at the time wasn't having it. And he went through a process and they decided to come up with the sea lions and the students went nuts. And there was actually a referendum on campus in 1980 where the students voted and they said, we want banana slugs, not sea lions. And the chancellor of the university said, no. And ultimately, he pulled together some representatives of the athletes from the various teams. And they ended up going with the banana slugs. So it was like a two decade long fight to get the banana slugs in there. A number one to me. Uh, the story I was told by your friend Larry is he was writing for the school paper and they didn't have a football team. So he made up every week a story about how the mighty banana slugs took on Notre Dame and beat them and took on Washington Huskies and beat them and took on USC. And created this whole thing. And so they started reading about the mighty banana slug. That's right. So I think that was a big part of the lore. They didn't have a football team. So he basically created a fictional football team for him. So Larry Rowan, he's the co-owner of a really good ad agency in New York City called Fly Communications. So if anyone looking for an ad agency, give Larry a call at Fly. And you could talk about the banana slugs. So TCU, back to that. You yeah. talked about the horned frogs. Here's something oxymoronic about that. Texas Christian University and the yeah. horned frog has scales and all this stuff. And it like spits blood. It's like a demon frog. Demonic, huh? And it's actually more of a lizard, but still makes, doesn't fit with Texas Christian. Just like Wake Forest, which is trying to be this nice, genteel university, has the demon deacons. Again, a little bit oxymoronic, no? Are you a demon or are you a deacon, which is supposed to be a religious, nice person? And they got both of them. I don't get it. Which one? Pick one. Well, I do think that colleges probably go to some effort to pick something that, you know, is a bit 
confrontational, strong, aggressive, because it's what your sports teams wear on their jerseys. And I think they probably also try to pick something that sounds good and speaks well. So, so the Demon Deacons is good alliteration. Okay. So using that logic, how do you get to the Ohio State Buckeyes? Well, isn't the Buckeye like the Ohio State flower or something? Yeah, it's like a legume, a poisonous legume, like a pea. A Does it have thorns on it? No, but it's like this something that grows in the ground. And then they have the, uh, who's our mascot? Bucky, Brutus Buckeye. Well, I think it's a what? nut or it's a nut or something like that. Yeah, I think I think it might be a nut. But I don't think that all colleges are seeking to, you know, go out there and, you know, pick the Tigers or something like that. In fact, there is a there is a school in Louisiana, the Centenary College of Louisiana. Their nickname, rather genteel. The Centenary College Ladies and Gents. Very nice. And I think it was originally just the gents, but when they started admitting women to the school, they had to expand it. And I think what happened is like a hundred years ago, one of the teams, I think it was the football team, got into some sort of brawl with the other team. And the college president, you know, basically called them on the carpet and said, knock it off. If you want this to continue, you're going to have to play a lot more gentlemanly. And at that point, they became the Centenary College gents and later ladies and gents. And one of their most famous graduates is Herb Flight Time Lang of the world famous Harlem Globetrotters, who, while a student at Centenary College, won the NCAA slam dunk contest. Oh, wow. How about that? How about that? So I just, this is in the middle of the podcast or the early middle, and I usually would save something like this for the end, but you said your most bizarre that you like is the banana slums. Yes. The most bizarre I found, I won't say I like it, is Rhode Island School of Design. RISD. Yeah. Guess what their sports teams are, the mascot for their sports teams? The RISD Candaces. Scroty the Scrotum. So it is a design school, so you would expect something out there, wouldn't you? It is not only a scrotum, it also has the shaft on the scrotum. And do they have any sports teams, Kurt? Yeah, they have a basketball team. They, I think they have a volleyball team. And one team is called the Nuts. Something else is called the Balls. Well, they should play Ohio State since they both have Nuts in there. But let me ask you this. How do the female students at RISD feel about wearing that on their uniform? I don't know. All right. So you were making the point earlier about, you know, Texas Christian University. It would be weird that they picked a, you know, a mascot that looks demonic like the devil. There's a similar one, the Trinity Christian College, which is like in Palos Heights, Illinois. Their nickname is the Trolls, which may not be consistent with what you might think. And, you know, the Troll is this legendary, creepy character that I think like, you know, lurks under a bridge, which doesn't seem like a good fit either. But when you go into the backstory, you know, a bunch of years ago, when they were picking their team, I think it was back in the 50s, it is actually an acronym, Trinity College, Tr, and then the AL from college. It's actually Trinity College. It's it's an acronym for their name, the Trinity College Students. Wow. You take the TR from Trinity, the OLL from college, and the S from students, and you have the Trinity Christian College trolls. I think that's a portmanteau. Is that similar to a port cochere? No, that was last week. Do you so, now know what a port cochere is? Yes. 
Do you remember, speaking about previous episodes, do you remember we were having that episode? We talked about Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And I was talking about the Mad Hatter and where all that came from. Well, there's yeah. actually a school, Stetson University, is the Mad Hatters. In fact, Stetson University, among their most famous graduates, is former New York Met pitcher Jacob deGrom. But it's the Stetson University Mad Hatters. But that makes sense to me. Maybe they had a hat industry down there. Maybe they manufactured oh, it makes hats. Sense to me. The Stetson is a hat. The Stetson is a like. The oh, you're hat. right. Your 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 explanation makes more sense than mine. Yeah. So that makes that whole thing makes sense. Here's what doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense if you actually think of the history of this school, but it doesn't make sense to strike fear. Two of these, and they're both in the SEC. One is, and they're both in the same state. The uh, Vanderbilt Commodores. Yes, that's a good one. Now, I don't want you to think that you're going to be singing any great songs by Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie and the Commodores, some of the most beautiful songs of all time. But that's not why they were named after them. They were named after them, obviously, because Commodore Vanderbilt founded the university, gave all the money. But again, no wonder why they lose every SEC football game except for last week, because they're the Commodores. But Tennessee, as in University of Tennessee, they are the volunteers. Now, does that strike fear into you if you're going up against a lion, I mean, a tiger or an elephant? I don't think it's a requirement that it be an intimidating aggressive. I just think that more often than not, you're trying to introduce some level of competitiveness or ferocity in your choice. But I don't think it's universal. Very little is universal. So so reductionist about this. Here's how they came up with it. 30,000 Tennesseans volunteered for the Mexican War. Yes, there's a real history there. I think it's an excellent nickname. I think Davy Crockett was one of them. But here's again why I'm having trouble. Their name is the Vols, right? Not to whatever. Their mascot is Smokey the Dog, who's a hound dog. They're very close to the Smoky Mountains. But a hound dog and a volunteer don't make sense. And their fight song is Rocky Top Tennessee, which has the most bizarre lyrics you've ever heard. So I don't get it. You were just talking about the Commodores, right? Com- yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah. But there's another one that has that got its nickname in much the same way, and it's a it's a weird one as well. Washburn University, which is in Topeka, they are the Washburn Ichabods. And no, Washington Irving is not a graduate, and it has got nothing to do with the legend of Sleepy Hollow. But the guy who founded the place was Ichabod Washburn, and so they they've honored him and memorialized him as the Washburn Ichabods. But there's only that's the only way you're going to get a nickname like that. I think that's awesome. Start your school and found it. Well, you could also, if you want to go to the Northeast of small schools, there's some bizarre names, like in the conference at where you went to school. Again, doesn't make sense to me why you would do this, but have you ever seen a purple cow? I have not, but Williams College is the Williams College Purple Cows. And have been since like 1906. It wasn't like some anti-Vietnam War LSD people in the 60s that picked it. They picked it in 1906. But if you go to Williams College and you root them on, you don't say go cows. You say go eeps. Yeah, That's right. It must be like Auburn all over again. It's got to cause you a lot of sleepless nights, Kurt. But how about their biggest rival who had to change their name a few years ago? They were the Amherst Lord Jeffreys or the Lord Jeffs. And that's a weird one. And I don't know how that 
is something you rally behind. But as it turned out, they found out that Lord Jeffrey killed a oh, bunch of Indians by putting what did they put? Did they put in the blankets to kill everybody? I think didn't he give them uh, smallpox? I think yeah, I think they put some sort of you know virulent, horrible thing in the blankets they gave to Indians. And as it turns out, he's not the kind of guy you want to be named after. But you're right; that conference has a lot of great names. So we mentioned Tufts Jumbos earlier. How about the Connecticut College Camels? Now, again, you've got a lot of alliteration going on, which is the only reason. Now, you and I have spent a lot of our lives in Connecticut. I haven't seen a camel, you know, maybe on maybe maybe Joe Camel on a pack of cigarettes. But yeah. sometimes at night. Now, obviously, it's alliterative Connecticut College Camels. But if you're going to go with camels, you got to get spitting in there somewhere. Don't you like the Connecticut College spitting camels? Or yes, which they do do. But wouldn't it be if it was alliterative, wouldn't it be like the Connecticut College Commodores, give me a C O C O C O sound, not a C O C O C. I don't think that's a requirement of alliteration. The first sound, camel. No, but it's driving me a little crazy. All right, I can see that it's bothering you. How about what was Dartmouth's nickname? Well, it was the Indians until 1972, which it stopped being Indians, and it was called the Indians because it was founded as a school for Indians. By the right. way, so now there's an unofficial mascot, Keggy the Keg. It's a keg with eyes and arms and legs that goes to sporting events, and it's Keggy the Keg. What's the nickname of the school? Is it like a color or something? The Big Green. Yeah, because that's uh, that's creative. And then you have Cornell, the Big Red, but they actually yeah. are the Bruins. Again, I get confused by this. Well, of course, you have Syracuse, which is now the Orange instead of the Orange Men in St. John's, which used to be the Red Men, and it's just the Red Storm now. So there's been a lot of updating do you have any idea what a billikin is? A billikin. I believe it's like an Asian good luck charm. Well, you, you've heard of the billikins because, you know, St. Louis University is the billikins. But yes. I'm not sure I know what a billikin is. I think it's some sort of good luck charm or amulet or something like uh, that. It's a mythical good luck figure that re who represents things as they ought to be. So the St. Louis billikins. But here's one for you. Let me stick with the Midwest. Since this this really fits up there with the Connecticut College camels, because uh, there ain't no camels in New London, Connecticut. And oh, no. if you were to go to uh, the Kansas City area and you went to the University of Missouri at Kansas City, they are called the kangaroos. And I'm pretty sure there ain't no kangaroos in Kansas City, although so, it does alliterate. How do you get a mascot approved or a nickname? I think it's put forward and the administration does whatever it does. But in this case, at least there's a reason, even though it's not a good one. At the Kansas City Zoo back like in the 60s or something, there were a couple of kangaroos that were inhabitants of the zoo. Maybe they were visiting. And that seemed to have made a big impression on people to the point you have the Missouri-Kansas City kangaroos. So you have some weird looking mascots, right? We talked about the horned frog, which is not weird looking. That's pretty tough. But you, you said that orange guy for the orange man is just basically an orange. By the way, not too many orange trees in Syracuse, New York. But anyway, a weird one, Nebraska. Now, Nebraska, this one makes sense, right? It They are the corn huskers because you can't be the Nebraska corn, even though there's a lot of corn there. So why not be ferocious and have corn huskers and have a guy with a big hat and a big head and a big scrotum chin but 
But he's not what enough to hang out. To be your theme here. But he's not enough to hang out by himself. They had to go in and give him another guy called Lil Red. Now, Lil Red is not a little cornhusker. Lil Red is like an inflatable, weird-looking guy with a baseball cap backwards and a boyish, impish look and overalls. A little bizarre. You're struggling here. So you've you've also expanded our remit from you know weird or different or unique college nicknames to the dissidence you often feel between the nickname and the mascot itself. So it's typical of you going a, a level deeper, sort of taking that and running with it, because you're a curious sort, and I mean that by all definitions of the word curious. Well, and I'm also interested in, in how they have a mascot and a nickname, and they're not the same. Roll Tide, elephants, I don't get this. What, pray tell, is a Hoya? You know what? I, I think, well, their their mascot is the bulldog, but I don't know if I've ever gotten a satisfactory answer to what a Hoya is. Have you? No, but is a Hoya like a Buckeye? All right, well, it's, I don't think it's a seed, if that's what you're asking me. Something edible? Well, I think I have an answer for you. The Hoya is the oldest and largest student newspaper of Georgetown University. So it's a student-run newspaper on campus. So why is it called the Hoya, though? So why was it original? Well, we now know why the sports teams are called well, the why Hoya. Why was the newspaper called the Hoya? I don't know why they called it the Hoya, but... And it is plural as in Hoyas. Well, here's, a, here's your answer. There was a publication. It, it took its name from the phrase Hoya... Saxa, which had been adopted as a common chant at their sports events back in the late 1800s. So now you're going to ask me what Hoya Saxa means, right? Yeah. And it is the official cheer of Georgetown University. So Hoya is an ancient Greek word usually transliterated as Hoya from the word Hoyas, meaning such or what. Well, that doesn't really help. So Saxon is Latin for rocks or small stones. So they're basically yelling, what rocks? Now you're going to ask me, why would they want to yell, what rocks? And I'm going to have to stop my research here because as you can see, it never ends. But we now know it came from the student newspaper. We now know that the student newspaper got it from a Latin chant. And we know a little bit about the Latin and I feel satisfied by that. When I was doing marketing for Fox Sportsnet, when we first launched the network back in 1996, we did a whole campaign for our Pac-12 basketball games on TV. And we featured the mascots of every program getting excited and doing something. And the one that was the creepiest that we had the most fun with was the Stanford Cardinal tree. Well, again... Their nickname is the Cardinal. Their mascot is a tree. But they have cardinals on, they have a cardinal on their helmets. Actually, they have an S on their helmets now. They used to have a cardinal on their helmet. No, no? a tree. A tree. They had a tree on their helmet? Yeah, they still do. Well, I think that's fine because obviously the giant redwoods in that part of Northern California are a big deal. So So why a cardinal then? Just become the trees or the redwoods. You, they could have. Why don't you okay. look up, Kurt, as part of our preparation for these discussions, why they chose the tree, even though their nickname was the Cardinal? By the way, that tree is the goofiest looking tree there is. Give yeah, me well, University you, of, wouldn't, you wouldn't be saying that. Give me the University of Florida any day. 
gators. Well, there you got that strong. You got that. I, I bet you their mascot's a, an alligator too. There you go. There's a link right there. It's actually referring to the color. Yeah. Which is a it's deep not red. The bird. That's correct. Yeah. And they do not have an official mascot. So it's really not the cardinal, the bird, it's the color. So it doesn't bug me at all that the red woods, red woods is a problem for them. However, since we mentioned cardinal, everyone probably thought birds. My high school mascot and nickname was the Cardinals. My college nickname mascot was the Cardinals, which eased my transition from high school. Leaving leaving aside that my high school probably had bigger crowds at our football games than my college. For sure. I actually, freshman year playing football, we're down in New Jersey at Princeton overnight, and I had a roommate. Tigers. Yes, Tigers, Princeton Tigers. I had a roommate from Valdosta, Georgia. Oh, is that where they make onions? No, that's Vidalia. Right. So we're, we're we're down in Valdosta. And it was a night before the game. We're having trouble going to sleep. And he says, Kurt, how was your high school football team? I said, oh, we were pretty good. We went three and five last year. How about you? And he says, oh, we won the U.S. national championship. I was like, okay. He said, a lot of fans go to your games. I said, yeah, you know, on a Saturday, we'd get, you know, 300, 350 fans. He said, we had 10,000 at our spring practice. I said, we didn't have spring practice. Well, uh, I suspect it was a bigger deal where he's By the way, there is a trivia question of how many college mascots are not plural, do not end in S. Right, like lightning. Well, like I was thinking of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I bet you there's some school out there. I don't like when sports teams don't end in an S. Well, you have the Fighting Irish, the Crimson Crimson Tide, Tulane Green Wave. What other schools you got that don't have? I don't like, you know, as professional sports has expanded... And there's just sort of a dearth of available nicknames. There's more and more of this not ending in an S thing. Well, like the St. John's Red Storm. I don't know. I guess it's a plural, even though it doesn't have an S on the end. But I prefer. So you have an issue with the dissonance between the nickname and the, not the motto, the nickname and the mascot. Mascot. But I just don't like when it doesn't end with an S. But it makes sense for the Stanford Cardinal because that's a color. That's right. So here's one that'll make sense. And since it's really important to you that stuff makes sense, the University of Alaska at Fairbanks, they are the Nanooks. Of the North. They don't say that part, but maybe they know it because they're in Alaska. But wasn't that the first silent film of all time or the first talking film, Nanook of the North? Speaking of talking, we need to stop because we've reached the end of our episode. But I think we've covered some fun territory, and I think you've got some additional research to do, and I'm glad I could help you out with the cardinal and the color and the tree and the Hoyas. But there's clearly a lot more research you need to do if you're ever going to sleep at night again. Kurt and I will be back next week with another episode of Smart Drivel. I think we have engaged in a lot of drivel and almost no, if any, might be zero smart on this particular episode. So thank you for joining us. We'll be back soon. Right on, Jeremy.